0: Thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important businesses uh, that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming.
1: This is Allison and I am recording my thoughts on Indigo and I don't know that I could have done this two days ago when it came out. I think that I needed some time to sit with it and I needed to listen to it a few times before being able to put any thoughts together and I don't even know if there will be that in this little clip, um, but I am Blown away by how beautiful it is. I love the collaborations. Erica Badu's song is probably my favorite of the album, but maybe Wildflower is also my favorite, or maybe Lonely or Change, or any of them are my favorite at any point in time. It is such a vulnerable album. And I hope that he got to work through some things. Sounds like he did. So I hope that this album was cathartic. I hope that he understands what a piece of art he gave us and he gets recognized for that. That's my hope for this album is that there's a lot of recognition. um, Just like there was for Jack in the Box. Um, J-Hope is getting that recognition and people are, you know, talking about what an incredible album it is and I think that Indigo is just the next in line for that because it truly is amazing. Um, It gave me just lots of moments to pause and think about where we are at different parts of our life and how it is okay to sort of say this time of my life is over and I'm ready to change. Um, I think about how being in that role as RM of BTS, being the leader of BTS, like boxed him in and he had to assume that identity for so long and the weight that that goes on um, his shoulders. And I think that by making this album, he was able to say, I'm also this, I'm also this, which is very much what Jack in the Box did for J-Hope too. Um, So I think that the solo albums are great in that we get to see these new pieces of our favorite people and our favorite musicians and our favorite artists. Um, It was more RM than I was expecting. Um, Listening to him talk about it prior to the release, I thought it would be a lot more experimental um, and was prepared for anything knowing that it would be great. It was really just fun to listen to that and listen to Mono because it felt very much an extension of that of this is an artist with a view and with clear vision of what he wants his art to sound like and there's going to be his voice coming through regardless of what he was making and so um, it was not as experimental as I had thought it was going to be and So beautiful with who he chose to collaborate with and how he chose to put the songs together and the order. It is just a really lovely album to sit and listen to it. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning and rolled over, grabbed my phone and played the album from start to finish um, and watched the lyrics come up. So I could read the one not all of them because some of them are in Korean, but I could read the words as it as he sang them. And it was dark, and I just focused on that and enjoyed that way of listening to it for the first time. It's a beautiful album. Thank you, RM, for creating it. Thank you for giving us a peek into you, into your heart,
2: into your soul. And It's beautiful. Thank you. Hi, guys. Megan here. I'm just here to talk a little bit about Indigo. I'm sure everyone who listens to this pod and follows it on Instagram is not surprised that I love and am obsessed with Indigo. Guys, it's a masterpiece. Namjoon said it was going to be an archive of his 20s, and boy, did he deliver. What's an archive of your 20s if it doesn't include love, sex, heartbreak, losing yourself, and finding yourself. Indigo included every struggle and every win. This was another peak in into June and possibly the most true version of himself and the story that he wanted to tell. It's authentic and raw and some of the best storytelling I've seen in music in a long time. The sound and mixing of genres is unreal. It is a work of art for music lovers. There are very few artists that can produce an album that is a masterpiece from start to finish. The ones in my personal collection are Blink-182's Dude Ranch, Weezer's Blue Album, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, and even Taylor Swift's 1989. Each of these are unique to me because they are no skips for me. I can listen to these all the way through, and Indigo is also a no skip for me. Each song tells a story that is connected and curated in a way that the vibe and overall message is never interrupted. There's no jarring track that takes you out of the album. Each track fits like the piece of a puzzle. Indigo mixes genres that sound so new and fresh with nods to the past, including subtle nods to BTS and K-pop. I won't be surprised if All Day and Lonely become TikTok trends, Forgetful, and Song Number 2 need to be K-drama OSTs immediately. They just give me that feeling. I was expecting a great album, I wasn't expecting one that was this carefully curated and feels like a piece of art. My standout track is Changes Part Two. I think it's the one that could chart worldwide, especially in the West. The sound is so fresh and new, but also feels like that 90s synth hip hop that many of us loved back in the day. I think this track really gives us what Nam Namjoon originally envisioned for himself when he started this crazy journey with his art and his music. As a music lover, I've had this theory for myself over the years. So many of my favorite songs on an album are track number nine. I've proven it over and over across genres. And so I was not surprised that track nine on Indigo was Wildflower. The it's the first track released, and I do love it dearly, and it just proves again that my song nine my song number nine theory checks out. Congratulations, RM, Mr. Kim Nam Jun on this beautiful and personal look into your 20s. I can't wait to follow you into your 30s.
3: Hi, everybody. This is Tanya. Wow, where to even start? I guess, first of all, I won't even try to delve into the meanings of the songs because Namjoon has already done that for us. He's been so giving in his willingness to talk about his process and the genesis of each of the songs and what they mean to him, what he was hoping to convey with them, that uh, I mean, how can you top that? And I wouldn't want to, but uh, so here we are at least being able to share our reactions and being able to learn so much from what he's already told us about what he was hoping to accomplish here, which makes it that much more deep and meaningful of an experience getting to explore this album from start to finish Uh, one of the things that really struck me that he said in his shows that he's been doing this week to promote the album is how he feels like the highest form of art is when you can take something that's deeply personal like the stories in this album and then create a work out of them that is then accessible and meaningful to other people who don't have your same life experiences but can find something relatable in it uh, and he recognizes that with art music or other forms of art that you can't necessarily control you can't control how people are going to interpret it or react to it or relate to it once it's out there in the world, the world and so, and so- he even, he even said, said that, that he doesn't, doesn't listen to his work, work anymore, anymore after, after he releases it, it which I, I, find I find amazing. amazing that, that he, he just d- lets it go because it's going to take on a life of its own once people start to engage with it on their own terms. And so I guess that's that's what we're doing now. And I just want to say that I feel like he is, with his definition of what he thinks of as high art, being able to make a work that out of something so personal that others find relatable, he has absolutely achieved here, um, even though some of the songs are about his experiences as a dealing with fame um, and so on, which are things that most of us could never relate to. There are aspects of it that are still so relatable because we all deal with traumas and difficulties and um, being in situations that we didn't expect or or got ourselves into situations that we didn't expect would turn out the way that they did and, and then having to grapple with that and reground ourselves. First of all, I'm not that surprised that it ended up being a very vocal album because Mono really was too. It's great that he can explore that part of his gifts and his talents, given that he's uh, one of the rap line members in BTS and, and that's most of what he does there. Uh, so exciting, but not that surprising to me. And he has a lovely voice full of so much emotion, as many other people have noted and as he himself said and designed this album to be it is extremely cohesive telling a story or many stories actually from beginning to end but in a way that really does just like he set out to do chronicle um, the later part of his 20s from rising to fame around the world to personal hardships some of the songs even suggest you know uh, romantic breakups dealing with all kinds of different creative challenges dealing with regret Looking Back on Your Life. So he tells so many different stories in an arc that goes kind of from fear and despair to hope. So there's that narrative arc there, but then there's also a musical arc, which I think I've already talked about it with with Megan. So just to kind of reiterate something that she is saying, which is that the album feels so smooth from start to finish musically. Uh, Just as he described, it has a crescendo, you know, that it has upbeat songs and quieter songs. But the transitions from song to song are not ever jarring, which is so unusual in albums. You know, I grew up listening to LPs. And so I did actually grow up usually listening to albums from start to finish, especially when I was first got a new album and was getting to know it. And so often those transitions would be abrupt and you would be in this amazing space and mood And then all of a sudden, there'd be a very jarring change of sound that just kind of snaps you out of it. And his album doesn't do that. And so I don't know how he accomplished that by being able to have a narrative arc and also a musical arc that is so just beautifully drawn. It doesn't surprise me that he has such artistic leanings because he was able to draw those curves in such an expert way. The concept for Namjoon's album was so high concept, the way he described it at first, that I was a little worried that it wouldn't be approachable because he had talked about how in his choice to use a lot of collaborations, he had done that because he wanted to be able to, and I can't remember if these are his words, but this is what I took out of it, almost paint pictures with the songs. In other words, he had a a song he'd be working on and he would pick the, the vocalist to accompany it that felt like their, their voice had the right color for that composition. And when I first heard him describe it that way, I thought, oh, this is going to be so above my head. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm worried that I won't be able to appreciate it in the way that it deserves to be appreciated. But again, he accomplished his vision of what higher art is. He was able to make that approachable to take that vision and create works that other people can access and impose their own meaning on and and relate to and engage with. And so um, I could absolutely, when I was hearing each of the songs in this album, think, Oh yes, I can absolutely see with this, with the musical composition and the message and just the vibe and sound that he was going for in each song and each song is so different that that is exactly the voice that suits that. And I not being any kind of musical genius myself, I was surprised that, that it was so clear that I was even able to see it and hear it. And so it just made me appreciate, again, what his uh, love for and his deep study of the visual arts and his deep engagement with the visual arts is seems to be bringing to his music and his ability to create a cohesive composition within a song, and then also within an album. You can you can really see his visual artist's eye and thinking affecting the way he goes about this process. I feel like we're learning so much about each of the members through these solo projects, and this is no exception. So even though Namjoon's life is one that few people in the world ever experience in terms of him being a global star and having so much fame, being like J-Hope has sung about and wrote written about and talked about being in that box of celebrity, his messages, his stories are, are still so relatable in the way that he has shared them. And I think my favorite track is the one that's probably the most about being in that box of fame, which is Wildflower, the lead single on the album and the music video. To me, and again, here, just like Namjoon expected, uh, as a fan, I'm imposing my own meaning out of it and getting out of it. What is helpful and healing to me, it feels like a song about needing to be grounded, the way that he sings and and in the music video shows the bright lights of fame, the fire, um, this, the shooting stars, and then getting your feet planted on the ground in that field of wildflowers. And as he said, trying to live your life more like that, that flower, it just is all about grounding. And so even though for him, the test that requires him to need to come back to nature and that place of grounding is fame, I think all of us can relate to that in some way, whether it's personal traumas or just living in this modern life. Uh, being so hectic and stressful and so much pain and suffering everywhere that we're exposed to all day, the stress of media, the stress of work, the stress of the long hours um, and, all, and the personal traumas that we all carry through life. So I, I have found that song to be the most meaningful to me, the most powerful to me so far. I'm loving all the other ones too. The beautiful sound of Erica Badu's voice in Yun, the need to heal and to be a whole person in order to be able to create and to be able to be an effective and helpful person in the world uh, is is another experience I think so many people can relate to, even though we're not stars ourselves or necessarily even artists ourselves. And there are so there are fun songs. I love the upbeat, danceable tempo and sound of the song with Tableau. I I love the message at the end of the album, not to look back with regret, which is such an important message when especially as you get older, because you can look back and see all the mistakes you've made and all the different paths you could have taken in life. So it's helpful to hear that and have that that message kind of shared or reinforced by an artist that you really admire and to see that it's human. They see themselves having taken different turns in life and, and having regrets too, even though we see them as being so almost perfect sometimes. This is a helpful reminder that they're experiencing those things too. Gosh, just a couple more quick thoughts. Well, I'm I'm so happy to see Nam June already getting the recognition from the music press, from other artists uh, that he so richly deserves and just so in his nature, to mirror that right back to the other artists, he's using his album to promote people that he respects, to introduce less recognized artists to the rest of the world outside of Korea, to work with artists he's never even worked with before, like Erika Badu, that he had never even necessarily even met before, I don't think, or not not in any big way. So, so much thought has gone into supporting all the other people who helped him, he took such care in his um, video recording where he, for Weaver's where he went through the meaning of the album to um, highlight, I mean, just as much as he's in that video, he's highlighting the thoughts and experiences um, and credentials of all the people that he worked with, the producers, the, song, the fellow songwriters and uh, musicians, many of whom are his friends, uh, so that I, I feel like we're always learning from him. We're learning about art, we're learning about music, we're learning about other artists, about life, even from someone who in many of our cases is, is younger than we are. is <laughs> a testament to how mature and deep he is. The last thing that I thought I, I could maybe share, and maybe a lot of you may have noticed this too, is is um, the similarity in the message about the experience of fame and the need to be grounded, that uh, is also a strong message in J-Hope's album, in Jack in the Box, especially in the main single, Arson. He talks about being burned, and ha- but having lit the fire himself, uh, and how he's thought about quitting, and he could put the fire out, but he wants to find a way to deal with that heat, and to be able to still burn brightly like he's making this choice to keep going but he's got to find his grounding too and so um, I thought that was just interesting to hear that parallel even though they worked on these albums you know very separately that that this is a shared experience that they've each been struggling with their in their own way and felt a need to to share with us and just to kind of get out there in a cathartic way Uh, so that that's an interesting even though the sounds are very different I think it's a really cool and interesting parallel between Arson and Wildflower that we can learn something about the lives and experiences of the members from. Even some of the symbolism between the two music videos is correlates startlingly well. For example, the fire imagery of burning in the Crucible of Fame is so clear in Arson, but in Wildflower too, Namjoon uses fireworks as uh, symbolizing I'm, The explosiveness of that rise to fame and burning so brightly like a star shooting across the sky and uses the absolutely stunningly gorgeous, magical Nakwanori traditional Korean fireworks display to show those sparks. I kind of, I don't know if he intended this, but I kind of saw the nakwanori as being a gentler version of the fireworks that kind of creates a transition between the explosive Western style fireworks and the transition to the flower works, the explosiveness of the color, but being so grounded in nature. And I don't know if that's what he intended, but... Even if he didn't, it's a beautiful transition. And of course, as always, we're learning something about Korean culture from Namjoon, the way he's showing us this beautiful Nakwanuri tradition that's so little known throughout the rest of the world. I just kind of had a thought, too, that he may have been very intentionally using the Nakwanuri there to show that part of the way he's grounding himself is by continually finding himself back in the locus of his Korean culture, which is something that he's talked about. And if you're, by the way, interested in learning more about the Nakwa Nori, we have posted a few reels about it to our Instagram account. So please feel free to check those out if you're curious to learn more about that background and even how they're made. These solo albums have been so powerful and the solo singles, too. And uh, I feel like the, the members are really using them as, as you would expect as a platform, to show us more sides of themselves, to unmask a little bit in, in very carefully planned ways to start to develop their own, how they, how they wanna see themselves and how they wanna portray themselves to us in the coming chapters of their careers, both individually and in the group as BTS when they return from military service. I really hope that this helps them to shed some of the boy band stigma in the future, when they do come back together, I'm hoping that the world might see them a little differently and see what they're capable of—that we've all known—that uh, the, but that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily see. And I also hope that they are able to use this as an opportunity to break out of some of the industry box that they're in. They're so powerful now. I just hope that they can set some of their own rules going forward, because even now they seem to feel very constrained by a lot of things, and I hope. That they can find a way to break free so that they can do these kinds of things whether together or separately or and and, and i assume both all right well thank you so much for your time uh, and for tuning in and taking the journey along with us as always so take care boy. hi
0: everyone it's leah here and yeah talking about indigo which is an album that I think candidly I have been approaching with a little bit of trepidation. And here's why. Because I I was guilty of something, and I'm going to confess to it. I was guilty in not a hundred percent trusting Kim Nam Jun. And I am so sorry. And it's not because I did not think you were up to the task, Namjoon it's because I have been very concerned about you. And so I need to unpack a few things in this hot take on the album. And what I want to do is share, um, I guess, some of my feelings for RM or Nam June the Seer. And they're very tied up in how I'm reacting to this album. And I think that's okay because ultimately we all approach art and others experiences in creating that art through our own lens. And so since I have become ARMY, obviously RM is such an impressive force. You know, he's got 200 songs over his belt for BTS. He's the youngest and second most credited name in the Korean Music Copyright Association. And when we saw him in Las Vegas, I think he felt very energetically different to me than he did when I saw him live in Los Angeles. All I know is that as I was watching the show, and I had so much fun watching the show, it was so great, I just started to think there's something kind of just off with this guy, and I don't know what it is. Like There's just something that's making me a little worried. I want to give him a hug. By the end, like, my concerns probably had grown. Like, he was just talking about, are we worthy of this love? How he'd been introspecting, how he'd been getting up early in the morning and jogging around Allegiant Stadium at, like, 6 in the morning. He just really seemed like he was going through something. And then that feeling really began to crystallize and be validated when we got to the festa dinner. And he, you know, he was high key emotional, which is totally fine. However, you know, they're not able to share very much. That's kind of like some of the strangeness of the K-pop kind of machine is that you have these like very like authentic and like pretty intimate like you know fan artist connections. And yet we're only seeing these very curated snapshots. And so as they began to announce that, you know, there was going to be, we're not using the word hiatus, but you know, kind of a pause in this group activity that they weren't going to be going on the world tour that I think a lot of folks had been anticipating. Um, and then he began to just kind of cry and talk about the rules of the world and then start to talk about kind of like what's his voice and what's his vision and where is he going with things. And it was like, Oh boy, And I kind of felt like that idea of like, what do I have to say? What do I have to share? Like, who am I? Kind of like that vibe kind of felt like it had been going on for months. And so when I found out that he was going to be the second album after J-Hope, I had a little bit of a WTF. I was like, "Why, why, why him? Why now? Is this the right choice? And... And so it just made me nervous. And I think it made me nervous also because, you know, BTS had done all these vlogs and they all, you know, they're just always creating content, so much content. And, you know, we love them for it. And sometimes I just want to be like, it's okay if you just like need a minute to like literally go sit in your field of wildflowers. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be getting to, I think, in my hot take tonight is that sometimes I want them to take that time. And it sounds like they want to take that time. At least Namjoon does. So, in the vlogs, we see um, Namjoon, he went to, um, you know, Basel, the art center in Switzerland, and he, you know, V goes to the dentist and, like, drives around in a car, and, like, you know, Younggi Woodworks, like, they all, J-Hope packed a suitcase, like, they all have these very kind of, like, fun, but kind of, like, pretty simple vlogs of course arm's like so extra he's like we're gonna go and see like ninety thousand art museums and the whole time that they videotaped it he seemed really just kind of like flat and tired he was eating korean food a lot he seemed like he wanted to be home and i was like just like oh why like your art like your appreciation of art like i really do enjoy that he curates things on his instagram for fans and he's like showing off different pieces and i think that it does a lot to make it more accessible, to excite people, to bring them in. But sometimes, you know, he talks about this as like his thing. And I just felt like it's okay for that to be your thing. You don't need to like be dragging us through and just seeming so tired. So why am I talking about all of this and not talking about the album? Because that's where I was at when I met this album. And in it, I think what hit me really quickly was that he in this album is sharing a lot of what and this isn't like me trying to act like i'm like so smart or i've got some sort of crystal ball or some sort of psychic connection into the June brain it's just like look we're humans with eyeballs and like basic empathy and it was clear that he's been struggling with this idea of like who he is he's a deep thinker he's an overthinker i'm an overthinker so i appreciate it so kind of just like that idea of like looking up at the night sky and being like who am i and you know who he is is somebody who wrote an album that had conceptual roots in jungian philosophy and you know i mean like we're seeing so much art here and yet we're also like coupling that with this like high pressure high revenue commercialism that is k-pop and this like ultra fandom where like you know you can buy a socks with namjoon on it you can go to mcdonald's and get like the bts happy meal iced coffee with namjoon i mean like imagine being somebody who is like a sincere artist who reads widely enjoys art appreciates music is a prolific songwriter has a deep appreciation, I think, for the fandom. And yet also is kind of like, I mean, how do you not lose yourself in all of this sometimes? I mean, the fact that I can't imagine what that's like. And so, you know, he describes that Indigo was this idea of a sun-bleached record faded like old jeans. And I thought that was really interesting because, um you know, I felt like it was like an un, it's, it's a well-produced and I've seen reviews that have called it slick. I do not like that word. And I don't think it, well, I don't like that word in an application to Indigo. I think it's well-produced and I think it's very well thought out. And it's interesting to me to juxtapose it against Jack in the Box, um, Hobie's album. I'm, you know these are very different albums. I'm not going to get into what's better. It's That's like not even like a thing. It's just like they're both excellent in their own ways. Um, but the sound for Indigo often surprised me in, you know, I was expecting something a little more lo-fi, but also kind of like the sexy New Kim vibe. I think that's what I was thinking of. But then when we got to like... Um, some of these songs like forgetful and he's whistling and it's kind of folky i was fascinated completely fascinated with the decisions he was making and where he wanted to go he asked for this album to be listened to in order and i think that that is really um important you know we start off with the song yun and yun is you know almost like he's having a conversation with one of his favorite um painters who is Yun Um, y- I apologize, Yun Hyong Kyun, and he um, was a South Korean artist uh, who was associated with the Dansaekhwa movement, which kind of like they were a collective of artists. Look, I'm not like a deep dive. I'm not an art expert. I am not Nam June. I've just done some cursory research on this. But essentially, um, you know, they kind of came up through that period of Japanese occupation of Korea um, and were building their careers during this time of like a lot of military conflict, um, primarily the Korean War and then moving pretty quickly into some of those, um, you know, very questionable regimes that followed the war. Um, And so it's almost as if like, their art has this like deceptive simplicity to it where you can look at it and at face value it can seem very monochromatic or it can be seem very simple it can seem like there's just like one tone happening um but really you know there's a lot of layers and context and meaning you just kind of have to sit with it and be patient and it'll open itself up and so the fact that we see Nam June begin the album with a song that's named directly after you know one of his favorite artists from this movement and throughout the song he's repeating the idea i want to be a human before i do some art and that to me felt like i get it and what is it to be an artist and what is it to be an artist where you also have company expectations to like go sell Chicken McNuggets. And look, I'm not trying to denigrate Chicken McNuggets, like whatever, you know, (laughs) like, you know, I get it. People like make their money and we're part of the, like capitalism and K-pop are intertwined. But I feel as if like this idea of slickness can be defined often with K-pop, yet we're missing the fact that there's a great deal of thought, sensitivity, intelligence, um, and really like grappling with deep human experiences happening with BTS. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Namjoon is at the wheel of this bus a lot of the time. And so the beginning here, I just feel like, you know, he's kind of like strapping us in kind of just like this is him just kind of like almost like you know the unplugged from mtdv days of just kind of like this is who i am this is the stuff i'm thinking about and really that's what indigo becomes is like this is what I, who i am this is what i'm thinking about um and i feel as if I resonated with it a lot because of just how I've been viewing him this year. Like, so when I hear the song like hectic on the album, I immediately began to think of like the Basil experience of watching him in the vlog, uh, going around to, um, all the art buildings. Or I was thinking about them, like with some of the things that we see them do for like creating content where sometimes I'm like, just what if they didn't have to create content for like a little bit and they could just creatively recharge because I do not know how as an artist, you can't have some time i mean i think about myself creatively creatively and you know i like to write i write books i publish books i'm not bts i'm not famous but like sometimes you have these periods of creative mm, high output and everything is kind of like flourishing and it's kind of like your time to like you know grow and harvest and then you have these times that you need to be follow and you need to be quiet and things need to kind of go back to earth and be quiet and just be so that you can create something new and something fresh and like i want them to have that time and when i think of like the song wildflower and he's you know talking about the juxtaposition between like the fireworks and the fire shows and i heard him in interviews talking about like how that's bts And there is a lot of orchestration and choreography to go behind these like brilliant, flashy, very, um, choreographed, very, uh, organized kind of like experiences that require so much planning and preparation. And then when you watch it, it's a completely beautiful and mind blowing. And then putting that against what it would be to like, be sitting out in that meadow in your sunbleached jeans and, you know, grabbing some wildflowers and throwing them overhead and just kind of like watching that. And to me, I really get that. And I get that impulse. And I feel as if like that's what I want him to have. And I hope that as we move into through chapter two, you know, the military is going to not be that time, but I wish this for him. And I wish to see him... I want to see what he does as he grapples with what's going to happen in his thirties and then his forties and onwards. I mean, he has a lovely way of looking at the world and he centers his own perceptions in that, in a way that doesn't feel egotistical. It feels very sensitive and interesting and he's curious. And I appreciate so much seeing how he takes the world with his own curiosity and asks questions and has ideas and wonders about things and this idea even like with that paint with the song still life of being you know he's his he's he's, he's almost like he's been his own exhibit for his 20s you know we're seeing this person who is you know a living human who has like You know, he's just a whole huge normal person in many ways. And yet we're seeing him in this extraordinary, like almost like frame. I saw him talking also about with like a still life painting that the flower that you're looking at and enjoying, it's a dead flower. It's a plate of fruit. They've been picked. It's no longer alive, but he is alive. So we're seeing him in these like frames and kind of like hung up with like very specific moments of time where it's him and also not him. But throughout it all, he is still very much alive and he is still very much like himself. And just the fact that like those are kind of some of the threads that like that he's, that's kind of like how he's sewing this album together. I just found it to be really beautiful. And I don't find it slick. I find it to be sensitive. I find it to be really just a reminder of humanity and his journey is not my journey but yet like sometimes there's a, a quote I've always loved which is like about books which is we need we read to know we're not alone and with music too sometimes we listen to music to know we're not alone so he doesn't I don't have to have his exact experiences to be able to find beauty and shared humanity and and after having such a time of isolation and separation with the pandemic and the shutdowns, it's just nice to kind of have him be somewhere, being like, here, like, here I am. And, you know, you can, like, see me. Just here I am, I'm a human, see me. So in this, I just wanna say, you know what, Nam June, I see you, I respect you, and I really thank you for taking the time to be so, just so you and vulnerable and trusting us to really appreciate, you know, taking this journey with you. So
2: thank you so much. Can't get enough of BTS? Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to @afternoonarmy on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to show us support as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of the Light, for K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.